Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Now, here's your host, James Landry. Welcome to the Palace Perspective, the podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. I'm James Landry, and I'm glad you chose to listen in today. I know you will find it once again valuable and timely information. So last time, we talked about the impact of either presidential candidate's tax policies on individual taxpayers and businesses. Let's stay with the topic of the U.S. presidential election, but shift the focus on how the upcoming election may impact your investment portfolio, and more importantly, what you should be doing now to weather that storm. To help us chart a course forward, I've asked two guests to join me today. The first is Mark Bogar, CFA, who is the Chief Investment Officer of Palace Capital Advisors. Don't allow election predictions and outcomes to influence investment decisions. History shows that the election results have very little impact on long-run returns. And joining Mark is Rich Mullen, one of the founding partners of Palace Capital. History here is, I think, our friend. And empirical evidence points to the fact that timing the market and betting on whether the election outcome, either Democratic or Republican, is not a strategy that pays off in the long run. Mark and Rich, welcome. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Nice to be here. Thanks for having us. So based on several closely watched voter polls, it would appear that former Vice President Joe Biden may be the next president in January. However, we know certainly from 2016 that polls are notoriously unreliable. I think I'll stay away from making any predictions. However, Mark and Rich, I'd say that some of the most common questions we've been addressing with clients lately is how is the election going to impact their portfolio? And not just the outcome of the election, but all the angst that leads up to it and perhaps even after. Well, James, I'll take the first crack at that. A lot of questions we get from clients are around, well, polls say Biden's going to win, but Polls said Clinton's going to win. So how do we even trust any of these data? Well, A, the data is, is polls. It is subject to error. An interesting thing as we looked into it over the past was that Clinton's actually, the victory of Trump over Clinton in 2016 was within the polling error. So what we see today, though, is Biden is actually winning by 400 basis points more than Clinton was. So he's winning polls outside of the, the normal polling error. So it seems to be that the polls are leaning towards a Biden victory, but also at a much greater length than what Clinton had in uh, 2016. So we are looking towards most likely a Biden victory, but Rich can actually talk about a couple scenarios regardless of which way it goes. Before he does, if Trump ends up winning, should we just throw out polls, Mark? No, polls are can be very valuable, and there's pollsters are constantly trying to improve their process, and some have made improvements since 2016 okay. as well, but they, they're subject to error. So Take it for with a grain of salt. Yeah, sure. The first half of 2020 has been filled with fear, tumult, and extreme volatility. And now we face the possibility of continued uncertainty of the election results after the election. We here at Palace are sensitive to the fact that families and communities have suffered real hardship and terrible loss. And as stewards here at Palace Capital for the savings of our clients, we are gratified to report that despite this turmoil, we have increased the value of funds entrusted to our management for all periods longer than one year. That said, we have had clients express concern about the election results, concern and anxiety for sure. And from my vantage point, there are a few possibility of, possibilities of election outcomes here 
let me walk you through what each one of these might be. The blue wave, as we call it, would be the Democratic sweep, a Biden victory. Democrats win control of the Senate and keep control of the House. A scenario under, uh, under this particular scenario, this would favor small cap stocks and those in cyclical industries in our mind. We also are convinced it would produce more stimulus and perhaps a greater emphasis on the at policies that address climate change. Healthcare and the financial industry could come under some more regulatory scrutiny. Yeah, because the problem with this, the, the land stimulus right now, Rich, is that we have the White House versus the House, which is Democratic, you know, controlled part of Congress, negotiating. If you had a blue wave sweep, both parties controlled not only the White House, but also Congress, you wouldn't have to worry about that. And that's a fear. It could be a rubber stamp and a wide open checkbook. And I think that's the fear that many people have is that spending could go unabated in that blue wave scenario. The red wave where Trump wins and the Republicans keep the Senate, I think we could see a little bit more of the same, reduced taxes, reduced regulation. I do think it would produce enhanced levels of political unrest, and we can talk a little bit about that. So I think under the red wave, it would be a little bit more of the same. And then the kind of combined scenario, the blue scenario, the blue red. So Biden is victorious and the Republicans keep the Senate. I think we're going to have some budget battles and then gridlock on legislation for healthcare, financials, telecom, tech, and energy. Sometimes the market prefers a little bit of gridlock. It takes out um, a level of uncertainty in the fact that the certainty is nothing will get done. <laughs> and that actually tends to uh, play well for markets at times. But those are the three scenarios that we're looking at. It's still very up in the air as to which one of those I think will play out. Sure. And in we know that change happens, and sometimes it can happen really quickly. We're here just a couple of weeks out from the actual election, and who knows what can happen between now and then. We'll find out. So, Mark, <clears throat> I've seen pundits out there that seem to believe that if there's ever a time to get on the sidelines, says, take my portfolio, I want to put it in cash, it's now. So history shows that investors have poured into money market funds, which are traditionally one of the lowest risk investment vehicles much more frequently leading up to elections. And by contrast, equity funds have seen the highest net inflows in the year after an election. I think this type of market timing strategy can be tricky because I've often heard you say that there are really two important timing decisions there, right? When to get out and really what's the other decision is when to get back in. And both are really important and hard to to determine. That's right. They're both very tricky. And so that's why our position and the empirical evidence back this up is that if you're investing in the long run, which we are for our clients, in the long run, you're better off holding your risk assets through elections that in the long run, it's corporate earnings that drive a stock market higher. And generally, what's your, out, your outlook on that is really going to drive stocks and not so much about the volatility around the election. No way to think about that in this particular election is it certainly does seem like it could be highly contested or there's a risk of that. But the market has talked about that, and you can actually measure that. The volatility, the VIX index is showing high volatility in November, December. It actually fades into 2021. So while we all are talking about it, the market is actually already reflecting a high volatility. And so that could, you could argue that's already priced into markets today. Okay. So the market, you know, volatility tapers off after the election historically. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> what you're saying is, it's really difficult to make that timing decision of cash versus being invested. And what I think I heard you just say is, at least historically, you've been better off 
for with a long-term perspective. Yeah, so the two pieces are, one, historically you're better off staying invested. The second piece would be the timing would actually be, even though history, people have gone to money markets around the election, as you say, if the fear of the election, the volatility is already high, that usually is actually the wrong decision. You actually want to be more invested ahead of that. We're better off recommending not taking a bet that way, staying fully invested and just seeing the election through. Rich, I'm going to ask you, and Mark, I think, touched on both of these fear and also timing. In your opinion, what are some common perceptions that individual investors have about the impact of election years on their portfolios? Individual investors are coming up to an election. What's going on in their heads right now? Well, before I touch on that, let me just make a comment on that volatility topic. Volatility can be unsettling. It represents a significant opportunity for investors, however, that can recognize the difference between price and value. So there's always opportunity there. And as human beings, we do not welcome these times of fear and panic and uncertainty of the election outcome or what have you. However, as investors, we welcome bargain prices that these emotions can tend to bring. And the market's steep decline here and dramatic rebound has left many investors wondering whether they've uh, missed the bargain prices in March or whether the current levels of the market are too high in the uncertainty or the election outcome is a preclusion to getting involved. But no one knows if the market will be higher or lower in the next six months from now. And that short-term uncertainty is nothing new. What we try and do is make, we're not trying to make short-term predictions here, right? To Mark's point, we're trying to stay balanced and we're trying to stay invested in durable, profitable businesses that have the strength to weather these storms. So I think volatility can be as much of an opportunity as it is unsettling, James. Going back to the different outcomes of what people's or investors' perceptions are, they tend to worry too much about which party wins. There's nothing wrong with wanting your candidate to win, but investors can run into trouble when they place too much importance on election results, okay? That's because elections have, historically speaking, made essentially no difference when it comes to the long-term outcome of investment returns. So if you are worried about whether or not a particular party will impact the returns of your portfolio over the long term, it's really not backed up in any sort of fact at all. Investors try and time the market. That's the other myth, and Mark touched upon this. Historically, I should say, Rich, it's not backed up historically. I am going to come back to you in a few minutes and talk to you about is it different this time? But we'll save that thought for a few minutes down the road. Fair enough. Go ahead. Fair enough. The other mistake, and Mark alluded to this, is investors try and time the market around politics, okay? If you're nervous about the markets in 2020, you're not alone. Obviously, presidential candidates often draw attention to the country's problems, often exacerbating them. Campaigns regularly amplify these negative messages. So it should be no surprise that investors have tended to be more conservative with their portfolios ahead of elections. James, as you said, since 1992, investors have poured assets into money markets, traditionally one of the lowest risk return vehicles, much more often leading up to elections. But market timing is rarely a winning long-term investment strategy, and it can pose a major problem for portfolio returns. To verify this, for instance, we've analyzed investment returns over the last 22 election cycles to compare three hypothetical investment approaches. Mark's touched on some of these, being fully invested in equities, Number two, making monthly contributions to equities, or three, staying in cash until after the election. When we calculated the portfolio returns after each cycle, assuming a four-year holding period, should be no surprise, the hypothetical investor who stayed in cash until after the election had the worst outcome of the three portfolios in 16 
of the 22 periods. Meanwhile, investors who were fully invested or made the monthly contributions during the election years came out on top. These investors had higher average portfolio balances over the full period and more often outpaced the investors who stayed on the sidelines. A pretty strong argument, James, against market timing or trying to put in your investment calculus the outcome of an election, either Democratic or Republican. So, Mark, how can investors avoid these mistakes? That is, worrying about the election and thinking that their candidate or the opponent candidate is going to make a huge impact one way or the other, positive or minus, to their investment portfolio. How can they avoid making that mistake, worrying and also trying their hand at market timing? James, to summarize some of the points that we were just talking about, don't allow election predictions and outcomes to influence investment decisions. History shows that the election results have very little impact on long-run returns. But also clearly expect volatility, but don't fear it's a potential opportunity. And finally, stick to your long-term investment strategy instead of trying to time markets around elections. Investors who were fully invested or made regular monthly investments did better than those who stayed in cash in election years. And one final point is just think about there's always pros and cons to any scenario. So think about something that you're fearful of. There's usually offsets on the positive side as well. So think about the whole mosaic of pros and cons when making the investment decisions. And then I suppose for that investor who just has to go to cash mark, right, maybe it makes sense to set a point in which you will go back into the market and be disciplined about it. Make sure that approach makes sense you know, to you. Speak to your investment advisor, let him or her help you with that decision. But the key is being disciplined to get back in at that time, because you're always going to have another gut check when you get up to that point in time. Absolutely. No, that's what best done ahead of time. It's what you're right. alluding to as well. Set the plan now. What's the best plan? I'm in cash now. How do I want to invest that money over the coming, whether it's three months, six months, a year? Work with your advisor, come up with what is a reasonable plan, and then, yes, be disciplined and stick to that plan. Rich and Mark, I hear you, but I've heard people say, and in some cases emphatically, that this time it's different, but I feel like that's a familiar refrain. We've probably heard that before. What would you say to someone saying, this time it's different, Mark? First, it's always, what do they say, history rhymes, or history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And so, it's always a little different, but there's similarities as well. And so one thing we've looked at, so what's different about this cycle? We can look at corporate earnings and what we think could happen at corporate earnings given, say, a blue wave, because in the betting odds today seem to say that we could get a blue wave. So if that's the case, the top thing on the list would be corporate taxes would most likely go up, and that is negative for S&P earnings. So that would be negative for markets. Absolutely, it's a negative. But what could be offsets to that? There could be uh, stimulus, as most likely the Democrats would also put forward stimulus programs, be it on infrastructure spend, what have you, there could be stimulus. So that's actually a positive for the economy, positive for S&P earnings. And also there could be lower tariffs. Recall that President Trump put a lot of tariffs on companies uh, that do investments around the world and business around the world. If those tariffs come down, that's actually positive for their earnings as well. So there's puts and takes there. And so we always have to say there could be a negative, but there could be a positive. Those would be some in this particular election. James, let me just pick up a little bit on what Mark said regarding history. In the heat of today's polarized climate, it's worth bearing in mind two deep truths. First, regardless of economic status, gender, race, sexual orientation, few would disagree that it's better to be living today than it was 50 years ago. Second, 
the fact that there has been enormous long-term progress over the last 50 years does not mean that, there were, that there's not a long way to go. And based on history, it may be reasonable to conclude that today's discontent or election outcome will lead to continued progress on this long journey. History here is, I think, our friend. And empirical evidence that we've talked about here today points to the fact that timing the market and betting on whether the election outcome, either Democratic or Republican, is not a strategy that pays off in the long run. So it's not different this time, James. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is the bottom line, empirical evidence, as you said, is staying on the sidelines has rarely paid off. It's time, not timing, that matters most. that accurate to say? Yes. It's time in the market, not timing the market. All right. That will do it for this round. Thanks so much, Rich and Mark. Believe it or not, the next time we do a podcast, we'll be discussing the election results. So here's to hoping it's a smooth outcome. In the meantime, thank you for listening. If you would like to speak personally with Rich or Mark about your thoughts on the election, reach out to us through our website, www.palacecapitaladvisors.com. That's P-A-L-L-A-S capitaladvisors.com. We'll see you next time. Palace Capital Advisors Triad Advisors LLC, GWM Advisors LLC, and their representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general information and educational purposes based on publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. We cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained here is for informational purposes only. It's not personalized investment advice and should not be construed as a recommendation, purchase, or sell any particular security sector or strategy to any individual person or entity. Securities offered through Triad Advisors LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through GWM Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor. GWM Advisors LLC and Palace Capital Advisors LLC are separate entities from Triad Advisors LLC.